I wouldn't expect anything less from you, Dan. November 1st, you know, for a small percentage of the population, it is fair game to just skip Thanksgiving and start Christmas. So I, I get it. I've been with you for a long time and I wouldn't expect anything less. And it's not that I skip Thanksgiving. Number one, Thanksgiving <laughs> doesn't have all that many songs to celebrate it. And true. number two, Thanksgiving only happens because Christopher Columbus killed the indigenous people. And now we have to celebrate them. No, I'm kidding. That's uh, <laughs> and this is where I get canceled and everything goes with that. But no, it's uh, yeah, it's November 1st. I'm fully entitled to play Christmas music, watch Christmas movies, and none of you fuckers can say anything to me. This is true. Nope, I get it. Um, outside of you know, embracing Christmas with a Christmas tree that you have year round up in your year-round. um house year round, um, how are you doing this week, Dan? Uh, it, it's been a little bit stressful with work, but I am, I'm here. I'm thriving. I fucking hate that the World Series is going on right now. Uh, I do hope Bryce Harper gets a ring, but fuck the Phillies, fuck the cheating <laughs> Astros. Um, Dustin Johnson made thirty-five million dollars this year playing in the Live Golf Tour. I think that's fucking awesome. Have that, you been that following that tour? Yeah. Oh, fan, it's fan, absolutely spectacular. Interesting. Yeah. And Liv, you just Live Golf is awesome because it's on YouTube or whatever. Yeah. Like, where can you watch? Okay. Yeah. It's great. It's absolutely spectacular to watch. Interesting. Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't really keep up with it, but it yeah. seems like you're not the first person I've heard talk Dustin about. Dustin Johnson, so. Pat Perez, all won. Pat Perez basically didn't do anything all year and made close to 10-ish million dollars. Yeah, those guys all got paid. Yeah, it's it, they're so the the they're going from eight tournaments to it's either 12 or 16 next year, I think, and their estimated prize pool across it all is 450 million dollars. Holy schnitzel. Thank you, Saudi Arabian. Yeah, that's a lot of fuck you money if I've ever heard it. But I will stop here because we're not here to talk golf. No, we are not. We are here to talk football. And for the, I don't even know, second or third week in a row, it's just a, it's a duo podcast. Nick is not here. He's working. A, bullshit at work. I don't even think he has a job. You know, it's a, it's all a cover up. He probably He's got cooks, only fans. He cook, He has an only fans. You know, there's fetishes for every type of thing out there, so I'm not surprised that someone wants to see whatever Nick's got going oh, on. Oh, I, I guarantee you Nick's, Nick's thing is what can he eat out of his, the hole in his chest? Like, <laughs> like, 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 I guarantee you there's a market out there for some creepy motherfuckers that will give fucking hundreds of dollars to watch Nick eat fucking Lucky Charms out of the hole in his chest. Half the people in this league are confused about what you're talking about, and we are not going to go into details to save nope. them all. Nope. So with that, we've got, I mean, kind of a light week, but we've got a lot of trades, not just like trades in our league to recap, but trades in like the NFL that went down in the last 24 hours. Um, it's, it was a very active day, and I think we're going to see a kind of a big fantasy impact for some of these moves. So we'll go over the two trades in our league, the what do we got? Six trades that went down today in the NFL that kind of yep. impact fantasy. Uh, if you're up to it, Dan, you're going to do the fastest 90 seconds recap in last week's game games. And then, of course, we'll finish up with the matchup, matchup previews for the week. Sound good? Let's go. All right. So we got two trades in the league um, that went down last week. Um, and the first one actually involved myself and Armand. 
And in this deal, I received David Njoku and Ramondre Stevenson. And Armand receives um, Elijah Moore, Josh Palmer, a 24, a 2024 second round draft pick, and a 2023 fourth round draft pick. Dan, what are your thoughts on this one? All right. So let, I'm going to start with the elephant in the room. Yeah. Elijah Moore is fucking non-existent in this Jets offense. To be fair, though, every part of this Jets offense is non-existent since Brees Hall went down. Just yes. fucking bad. It's really bad. Yeah, he's 22, one year in on the league, but I, he had one target in week eight. He didn't have a target in 58% of the snap percentage against Green Bay. It he's been fucking ugly. I I'm surprised he wasn't traded. Yeah, well, it was interesting. He publicly requests the the trade, and the Jets. You know, this isn't their first rodeo. They traded. Um, why am I blanking on the safety's name? A few years back to the Seattle. Do, uh, do, Adams. Yes, uh, they traded um, Adams to Seattle. You know, after kind of saying they weren't going to trade him, so. I think a lot of people, or at least I did, I expected him to get traded by today, but that didn't happen. So that was interesting. All right. So um, move on to part two of this. And that's yeah. obviously Joshua Palmer. Again, young kid coming out of there. This is really dependent on Keenan Allen's health because Keenan Allen came back. We didn't see a target. Or I'm yep. sorry, he didn't even play. He didn't play. That's my apologies with it. But um, I just. Well, now Mike Williams is injured too with the high injury. Yes, so, well, so a little so. bit of a little bit of an uptick there. In the draft picks to come, he gets a fourth in next year's draft. Okay, it's deep, but whatever. The second in twenty four is is a lot nicer. Um, but when we look at your side, David Njoku obviously has had he had an injury in week um, seven. Yep, took him out for week eight. He's buying this week, which means he's coming back against Miami. So you're feeling good about. The fact that number one, he wasn't placed on IR. That's yep. that's very encouraging. And what he's done in the first six weeks of this started off slow, 28 points in week three, though, and anywhere between 10 to 17 uh in weeks four, five, and six. So that's a little bit of depth, I think, that helps your your squad be a little bit more competitive. Yep. And then obviously we have Ramondre Stevenson. Big, I mean, again, this I think this is the first time where we might be able to talk about the fact that. This is the guy that owns the Patriots backfield. He's getting all, uh, definitely the the high fantasy usage or the the important stuff for fantasy. He's getting the reception and receiving works, and that's you know that's what separates the good from great running backs. I mean, RB seven on the season so far through eight weeks. Yeah, um, very very encouraging to see. And again, you're right; he's doing it a lot through the air. Um, had a great week eight against the Jets, twenty one points. Um, it, it, it's encouraging. So I, I like the return for you. I think Armand gets younger. Yes. But I, it, it's tough for me to think you have a New England backfield chair. Elijah Moore doesn't exist. Josh Palmer's not the top two targets in LA. In Joku's seen resurgence. I, I there's a lot of questions about what we're going to see going forward out of some of these players. Yeah, I would agree. I think, you know, Elijah Moore, he's definitely kind of the mystery box. Um, and really this trade, like if you look like eight weeks ago, like if this trade goes down before the season starts, you know, it's probably, I'm viewed like crazy because Elijah Moore had a lot of upside, the second round pick. And, 
you know, Ramondre and Njoku, they're intriguing, but I don't know if anyone thought that they would take kind of the step forward that they've shown so far in the season. So can that kind of consistency and production last? That'll be interesting. Um, you know, from my perspective, I wanted to, you know, I needed, I think, like running back help. And Stevenson, I'm not sure if I buy, you know, the production that we've seen so far, but I'm certainly happy with it. I think, you know, like many people, it's hard to trust um, a New England Patriots running back um, long term. So we'll see how this plays out. Um, Njoku, I'm really optimistic about. You know, I'm a tight end horror, and I just think Njoku's really on the path to being a very relevant at the position. Um, He's a freak athlete. Yeah, he is. Um, Elijah Moore, I didn't want to move him. Um, I'm still a believer in him. I think he's on kind of the Brandon Ayuk um, career path to a T. You know, very promising rookie year. Um, the second year is lost cause. Um, Ayuk was kind of in Shanahan's doghouse for most of the year. Uh, but he persevered, and now we're kind of seeing him have a strong year three. Um, Elijah Moore, I mean, you hope that's kind of the path for him. Um, but because he's definitely got the talent and upside to succeed. Um, so, you know, for me, it was just... You know, I like this deal because I think it accomplishes. I still sort of stay younger, um, but I get pieces that can kind of help me now contend. So it's kind of a best of both worlds. Um, for Armand, I think, you know. Sorry, I got to be this guy really quick. Schwarber yeah. just hit a fucking dong shot to put the Phillies up fucking 6 nothing. That was just an absolute no-doubter off the bat. Anyways, please proceed. Dude, that guy is just made for the World Series like action. Dumb. Well, like him yeah. and Daniel Vogelbach look fucking almost alike. Yeah, no, they, they they absolutely do. But no, Schwarber, he was just, oh my gosh, I'm getting flashbacks to the Cubs World Series in 2016. But anyways, um, I think for Armand, getting wide receivers, you know, everyone kind of preaches, you know, getting wide receivers if you're rebuilding, so you can't fault this approach. The second helps. So, um, you know, I can't really objectively grade my trades, but, you know, I'm happy with the return. Yeah. Nope. All right, moving on to the next deal. And this one involved... Uh, two names very familiar with trades of, you know, the season. We've seen them both involved in a lot of deals. Uh, and that would be with uh, Mr. Nick Ruth and Stefan. And in this one, Nick's uh, Ruth received a 2025 first and second round draft pick. Um, those are both from Stefan and his picks. And he also received Raheem Blackshear running back for the Carolina Panthers. And in return, Stefan received DJ Moore. Dan, what are your thoughts on this one? Well, let's start with the biggest piece in this trade, which is Raheem Blackshear. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What the <laughs> fuck? Uh, third round running or third string running back, only having redeeming pieces. It's not fucking fun, great. Fun fact. Yeah. yeah on, this, on the season, he's got through two games negative point four points on the season. I got negative point five, or I've got you have you have more points than him. Yeah. No, you're probably right. It, you're a hundred thousand percent. Yes. Yeah, so. negative point four. Yeah, I am. I I could be a running back for the Carolina Panthers right now. Um, <laughs> so obviously this is a droppable piece. Yeah. This is just probably to keep roster situations decent. Um, you know, Nick doesn't have to drop a potential piece that he could use for a rebuild. Um, so basically, what we're looking at is DJ Moore for a first and a second. Mm-hmm. Oh, Stefan overpaid. What? I think really? so. I, I'm not I'm not big on DJ Moore. Number one, his quarterback situation is a fucking dumpster fire. PJ Walker, yes, has looked good. Mm-hmm. I I don't see it. I don't see if PJ Walker's the piece going forward for this, at least this season, yeah. I don't see the high side. 
I don't see the value, especially when he takes his helmet off after catching a huge bomb in last mm-hmm. second time to fucking fuck you out of a win. Well, did you see how, like, all the refs came out after the fact and said that shouldn't have been a penalty? It, it, you took your fucking helmet off after scoring. You can call it taunting, showboating, whatever. Yes, you were out of the back of the end zone. That's not in the field of play. Fuck that noise. Yeah. Like, like you want to showboat and do shit like that, go fuck yourself. Especially in a league where we can't have touchdown dances. And I'm all for celebrating after you fucking score. Like, yeah. go back to the T.O. days. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, like, if that's the norm, I want that to be the norm. Yeah. Let's, I, let, let's make football fun again. No, I'm all for that. Not to be the Bryce Harper thing and everything, but, like, I don't see the longevity, at least this season, with P.J. Walker. And, again, you know, hashtag foreshadow with some person that Robbie Anderson got traded out of that. Like, I just – I'm not excited, and it could be me. But, yeah, there's there's nobody else really to throw the ball to. You've got Terrence Marshall, LaVisca Chennault. Like, oh, yay. Like, those aren't great names, but I don't know if I put 100% faith in what PJ Walker can support, especially if Baker Mayfield is the next option. That if PJ Walker can't go forward, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I'm a little bit more optimistic than you. I think you know, yes, DJ Moore. He hasn't had a quarterback, but even without like a quarterback, he still you know managed to be like a pretty consistent wide receiver too in his career. He's you know still 25 years old. Um, you know. We'll see. Maybe he's not going to get that quarterback and he won't take like that elite, you know, step forward. But the fact that he's still 25 and the fact that these draft picks are still three years away, I don't know. I I don't think this is an overpay. I think, you know, especially when you look at like kind of the approach that we've seen. I mean, really, it's at this point, Stefan, Kevin and Adam, you know, they are just as soon as they get draft picks, they're trading them and they want to kind of keep prolonging like the, the contending cycle. And I think for Stefan, like if your goal is to do that, or for any of those three, the, if you want to do that, the goal is to get in an ideal world, you know, a productive player and maybe a player that's like young. And DJ Moore, I think there's a chance that his value, you know, could will likely maintain for the next three years until like this draft, you know, in 2025 is realized, or is a potential possibility to increase. Um, and Stefan, you know, could very well pivot off this wide receiver, um, you know over the next like couple of years if you wanted to and recoup some of the value. So I really like it a lot for Stefan. Um, we are a little bit off on or 180 on this, but I'm a big I mean, fan from Stefan. Yeah. So let me put it this way. So he's yeah. under contract with Carolina through 2025. Yeah. They do have a potential out at the end of 2023 before 2024 starts, yeah. but it results in 10 million in debt cap. Mm-hmm. If they move on from him in either way, 41 million dead cap this year, 35 million dead cap next year yeah i mean it's it's a big he's a big cap hit for this and especially this is now reliant on a fringe qb because they don't have the capital to go out and get like a russell wilson or any of these big name guys or he's going to be reliant on a rookie that that they're going to draft whether it's cj stroud or any of these guys that potentially might be coming up in the draft I mean, I don't necessarily like playing with receivers that have rookie QBs coming in. Yeah, I mean, I get that. But at the end of the day, I think we've seen this entire offense take a step forward um, since Matt Rule's been fired. So that's encouraging. You know, if the, if the season ended today, they'll have a top three draft pick in the draft. And I know you don't like the rookie or quarterbacks, um, but I don't know. I think I think there's still a lot of upside for DJ Moore. And I think, you know, for a team that wants, doesn't have draft picks, that is trading them, you know, in per, 
you know, perpetual like every season. I think you couldn't do much better or hope for much better than a player like DJ Moore. Um, and for Nick, I mean, obviously you're, you know, the goals to probably shed points, you know, you think maybe you have wide receivers that you can count on, but I mean, even wide receivers, you know, you, you mentioned the, like the young quarterbacks, I mean, young wide receivers still take time to develop too. And, you know, Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Rashad Bateman, Chris Olave, um, I'm probably, you know, Alec Pierce, um, you know, those guys, they have potential, but, you know, they might not be better than DJ Moore, you know, some will maybe, but um, I don't know. I think there's a lot of question marks with them. And DJ Moore's piece that when you're hoping to contend with, you know, as Nick's team, you know, he could still potentially have helped you. So I don't, I'm not a big fan for it for Nick, but, right. you know, if it helps you get a higher, if, you know, if your goal is to get a higher draft pick, you know, shedding points is nice. Um, so that's a win, I guess. Agree to disagree. Yeah, agree to disagree. Um, all right, well then let's move on to the NFL trade deadline was this, you know, um, November one of, 1st. One of the best trade deadlines we've had in years. Yeah, it was, you know, baseball and NBA trade action, you know. Firings. Yeah, like a lot of like stuff going down. Um, we saw, you know, several trades happen, um, but six of them kind of were you know, really impacted, I think, you know, fantasy um, with some, kind of the where these new team or these uh, well, where these guys ended up and kind of the impact that they have on their new team and also maybe the impact on their old team. So we're just going to run through uh, six players that got moved today and how we think kind of maybe the impact um, helps and hurts, you know, their current team, their new team or their old team and go through that list. Sound good, Dan? Yes, sir. All right. So the first one on the list, we have TJ Hawkinson. He was traded from the Detroit Lions to the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I guess right off the bat, how do you feel about Hawkinson in this new environment um, compared to you know his old one in Detroit? I, I, as a fantasy manager, yeah, this is not good for TJ Hawkinson. Okay, I think it's great for him as far as he's on a contending team. He's got an opportunity to make the playoffs. He's going to show that he can showcase his skills. But, I mean, when we look at what Irv Smith has done this year, two, three games above 10 points, one game above 15. But, I mean, I, like, can I stop you there? Like, yeah, let's go ahead. Doesn't, like, Irv Smith just suck if the Vikings are willing to trade, like, a second and a third, you know, for TJ Hawkinson? I, I mean, I guess, yeah. I, I won't argue in that in that aspect to it, but I don't think this is an upgraded situation for TJ Hawkinson. I think the fact that you're going into an offense with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin cook, I think, I, I think Hawk could get lost in this offense. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I view it as like a lateral change. I think it's kind of one of those, his, you know, yeah, there are more mouths to feed, but the fact that he's with a better offense, maybe you see kind of the, the touchdowns increase, um, you know, they do target kind of tight ends in the end zone. So maybe Hawkinson can benefit off that. Um, but I don't think um, there's a drastic value increase. So we're, we're we're on the same page in regards to that. Yeah. And the crazy part is he's tight end four on the year. Yeah. I mean, that that one tight, tight end four in Detroit. Mm -hmm. um, for Detroit, I mean, do you is there any noticeable changes that you think come um, in the offense with him leaving or? Anything yeah, you expect I mean, from I mean, Goff or Goff going forward uh, by losing a weapon like this? Yeah, it's a big hit on Goff. It's a big hit on the 
the entire offense. I mean, Stefan takes a huge blow with Goff not having a weapon like Hawkinson, which is DJ Sharks on IR. Yeah. Aramon St. Brown has been banged up as of recently. DeAndre Swift has come back. That's great. But there's, I mean, when Swift and Jamal Williams are your two best options now on offense, that's really hard to be excited about if you're a golf owner or a Lions fan. Jamison Williams can't get here soon enough. It's not soon enough. You're 100% correct. All right, let's move on to the next pick or next player that was moved. And this one, we're not going to see an impact this season, but going forward, I think it's very intriguing. Calvin Ridley got moved to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, how are, you know, again, he's suspended this entire year for gambling. Um, how are you feeling about this move for the Jags and, you know, thoughts on the Falcons as well going forward without him? Love this for the Jags. This is a this is an investment into let's make Trevor Lawrence better. And yes. I mean, he's been spe- he was spectacular in Atlanta. And I mean, for as much as Trevor Lawrence has struggled, I think he's been a better quarterback than Matt Ryan. And that's an encouraging piece. Christian Kirk has been great. Mm-hmm. I, I I will take Calvin Ridley over Christian Kirk fucking seven days out of the week. Absolutely. With it, so I, but I Christian like, Kirk, he looks a lot better when he's your second guy instead of your first. Oh, guy. thousand percent correct. Yes, like I mean, when you look at Ridley Kirk, I mean that's one of those ones where, oh, you're not like this is the best duo in the NFL, mm-hmm. but it's definitely not the fucking bottom half. This is yeah. a top half one too, and that gives Trevor Lawrence some options. I don't mind this for Jacksonville. I think this is a big win for Jacksonville next year. Yeah, I think so, too. And I mean, I don't have the details up, but the trade is structured in a way, too, that like the picks or the pick can become Fourth higher. Fourth is on the roster. Third, if yeah. he reaches, reaches certain incentives, I think. And yeah, second, I, I forget what the second round is, but yeah, it's if he plays. So like basically they're, they're covering their ass in case yeah. he doesn't have it. If he's the season off, if he's slack. So that's nice to see. But I'm with you. I think this is great for Jacksonville. It's great for Trevor Lawrence. I think, you know, they have some intriguing pieces. Um, you know, Kirk's had a solid year. I mean, Travis Etienne, he's just been phenomenal the last month. But outside of that, I mean, just some okay pass catching options. You know, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, like they're they're okay. They're they're maybe even good, but like they're not great in what you need to be like an elite wide or player offense in this league. You know, so I'm all for them trying to do like the the Miami Dolphins, just go out and get some elite weapons and have the quarterback sink or swim. Um, where do you think Calvin Ridley is like as a wide receiver next year in fantasy? Top 10, top 20, top 30? I'll say top 20. I think he's a top 20 guy. I think Trevor Lawrence can rely on him enough to make him a top 20 guy with some of the other pieces that are in there. I think 25 is the safe bet. 20 is the is the if things go well. Yeah, the things go well. I mean, and when we look to the Falcons, we kind of expected um him to be you know, traded or not on the team, like especially after they drafted Drake London this year. Um, is there any more thoughts than that to add to this for them? No, I mean, I think you mentioned one team because we're not going to talk about it. I think the Lions had a great defensive piece in Bradley Chubb. Like, I'm just going to put that out there. I, the, what the, what the Dolphins are doing is oh, yeah. pretty, pretty freaking awesome. Yep. No, they are. You got to respect it for going all in. Now it's and up to I'll give, Tua I'll give the big two a plug. Yeah. That's Tua is supporting both Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Or are they supporting Tua? Because those wide receivers are either fucking way. falling out. Yeah. I mean, either way, look at it what you want. Tua's getting them the ball in their hands. Yep. And true. that's that's half the battle. Yeah. Because no, we've seen true. quarterbacks fucking miss people wide the fuck open. 
And, and, we've, seen, and we've seen people drop wide open passes, Christian Watson. Yeah. Um, That's but, I point. mean, there's there's a lot of movement in that offense. Kasiki's look really good. Like, I'm nope. a big fan of what Miami's putting together, especially with their when they're in the division with my boy Josh Allen. That's very true. Um, all right. Um, let's move on to – and actually, we didn't really talk about it, but for t- going back to TJ Hawkinson, he's on Sam's team. Um, Sam's probably biggest hole is tight end. You know, with seeing no change, you know, do we think – does Sam have to just ride it out with Hawkinson, or is tight end going to be a concern for him for the I think deadline? I think he rides it until deadline. If it's okay. not working, I think he's going to try to acquire a, a piece of tight end. But if it plays out decent and Sam can cover the points in another position, I think it's – uh maybe an off-season address. Okay. And then Kelvin Ridley. Um, Armand currently has Kelvin Ridley. So, I mean, this is kind of the, a nice Pie piece in the to sky have. piece, yep. Yep, nice piece to have, you know, going forward. Um, Nick's got Trevor Lawrence, you know, and again, another rebuilding team. Like, you know, yep. next year could look really nice, you know, in this yep. offense. Love it for clicking. Lawrence. All right, moving on to the next deal. And this one, this was an interesting one. Naheem Hines got traded to your boys' team, uh, the Buffalo Bills. How are you, I mean, and in in return, the Colts also got Zach Moss back. So real quick, let's talk about the Zach Moss thing. Um, does he, I mean, he hasn't really been playing for the Bills at this point. Does he do anything for the Colts this year? What are your thoughts on him um, real quickly? He's a poor man's Naheem Hines. Like, he can catch the ball out of the backfield, but there's been no usage for him in the Bills offense. He's been kind of lost in the struggle here. He was drafted relatively high for Buffalo. Um, a couple years ago, but he's just fallen out of faith or yeah. fallen out of favor. And running, be, I, he will be the number two behind Jonathan Taylor, um, but he will be a primarily third down guy. He's he's going to catch the ball. He's going to try and get out of the backfield. It's the Colts downgraded in a way. Zach Moss gets an upgrade, though. Because he actually might see the field. Because he might actually see the field when Jonathan Taylor <laughs> needs to take three breaths and then run back out. Yeah, and I'm curious, actually, if they're going to be the number two. DM Jackson looked pretty decent in the game or two that JT wasn't healthy. Um, yeah. But, I mean, the real person we've got to talk about is Naheem Hines. Um, Adams got him on his team. Um, you know, he was Jonathan Taylor's backup, but he goes to this Bills explosive offense. But the backfield's kind of crowded. I mean, we still have Devin Singletary. You know, they drafted James Cook, who in a way is kind of similar to Naheem Hines, right? Like, they're both pass-catching guys. I mean, how do you see Hines fitting in in this backfield shaking out? Yeah, I, I mean, Hines has shown over over the four years in his career that he is exceptionally dynamic in the passing game. He has the ability to make space and be explosive. And if Josh Allen can maximize that on third down, with whether it's a screen game or just a, a guy. I mean, he's a poor man's Christian McCaffrey. I firmly Very poor. Yeah, well, I mean, and again. Well, just in the passing game, I think, right? Yeah, correct. The passing game is where Christian McCaffrey makes everything better. Yeah. But he can get out on the edge and create space. He can, his rushing ability is, is not his strongest suit, but it's because he's really shifty. So, and what? Okay. I, I mean, I'm just going to say this. I think this is an upgrade for him in the Buffalo offense. Granted, I mean, he's moving to one of the best offenses in the league. But I think what he has the ability to contribute, which is a little bit different. And Devin Singletary is no slouch out of the backfield either. And James Cook is not exactly the biggest passing piece that they have. But, I mean, you're right. It's a crowded backfield. This is going to be hot hand behind Devin Singletary. 
especially just in the passing game. And I think Hines beats Cook out in that aspect. So, I mean, Hines, like at least prior to this, he was really kind of a crazy, you're screwed by week fill-in or an injury option guy. You know, going forward, is he a solid flex play? Are you still like ideally not starting him unless you have to? Like, how do you view him like in a fantasy lineup? All right. So I will, I full transparency. I'm in another league. Yep. I am a Naheem Hines owner. Oh, beautiful. I've started him every week this year. And I don't know if that's, uh, I'm six and two. Okay. Never mind. All right. And that's, I mean, it's one of those ones where, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm six and two, hundred percent. Um, so you're feeling good about this move then, right? Obviously. I feel real good about this move. And I, again, you're part of a bigger dynamic offense with a guy that loves to throw the ball. I mean, I think the best running back in Buffalo is Josh Allen. Well, yeah. Yep. I Which means that. if you have a guy that can catch the ball and be diverse out of the backfield, again, Singletary, uh, week three, nine receptions and 11 targets for 78 yards and a touchdown, four for five. Um, or four out of five, four out of five. Hines catches basically everything that's thrown in his direction. Yep. Hines has has all of two targets that he did not catch this year. Pretty impressive. I think again, I I like Hines in this offense. I think this is a, I think this is a piece that just forever evolves the Buffalo offense. So real quick before we move on, we're only yep. through week eight. You know, it's still early for rookies. How concerned are you about James Cook? I think the fact that Buffalo made this play mm-hmm. is one of two things. Singletary's got an option coming up on his contract. Yep. Buffalo, I don't think Buffalo's going to pick it up, period. Like, okay. I don't think it's going to happen, which means that Cook is the guy that could potentially be the next back. So maybe we see a Singletary fade and a Cook step up to see if – if Buffalo needs to pick up his option, um, there's a lot of pieces that play into this. I'm not, I would probably say I'm 45% in favor of Cook being a relevant piece in the next two years. Okay, fair enough. All right, let's move on to the next trade. And this one, you know, got a lot of Bears fans in this league, probably brought some excitement. Um, and especially to you, Dan, because you got him in this league. But Chase Claypool, he went from the Pittsburgh Steelers to the Chicago Bears. Um, speaking as like a Claypool owner, how are you feeling yeah. about this one? Uh, this is great. I think this is, I mean, situation, like we're moving out of Kenny Pickens to Pickett. Kenny Pickett. Sorry. Thank you. Mm-hmm. To Justin Fields. Where do I value the offenses? I, Claypool's a big dude, six, four. I mean, that's just a big target. I'm obviously I'm a big Notre Dame fan. So yep. the fact that I get a Notre Dame guy on my favorite football team in the Bears, I love it. I did have an, an owner approach me about, hey, what's it going to take to get Chase Claypool off your hands? I was like, you're going to overpay. <laughs> Period. Of that's just yeah. what it's going to be. Yep. He's 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 a true number one in this offense, and that gives him a ton of value. Now, where that value sits, I think, is the Bears' progression in giving Justin Fields targets. Yeah. And Claypool has the ability to give him a ton of targets. I I I love it for fucking Chase Claypool. He's the number one guy coming in. He he makes this offense better. He is better than Darnell Mooney. So Darnell Mooney, I think, gets an upgrade because Chase Claypool is gonna have to be paid attention to. Yep. The Bears running game is nothing but spectacular. I'm really surprised David Montgomery didn't get moved. Like yeah, that out there. I thought for sure the Rams were gonna say, Hey, we'll take David Montgomery. Here's Cam Akers, here's an extra draft pick. 
like thank you for playing nice with us in the sandbox um <laughs> I, I i think this is a great upgrade for chase claypool yeah no i think it's phenomenal as well i mean it's just you know one guy i mean we haven't really talked about him maybe we will in a little bit but you know justin fields is the last couple of weeks he's definitely shown a lot of improvement he's been very fantasy relevant because he's utilizing his legs and now we get a chance to see like you know it's really just been darnell mooney and a lot of trash now he's got chase claypool um who still has stuff to prove you know he's definitely got peripherals and a lot of talent to succeed but he's still got stuff that he needs to prove It'll be interesting to see how Fields does with another weapon around him and how this offense can hopefully maybe take a step forward. Um, Here's hoping. Now, real quick, we look at the Pittsburgh side of things. Uh, Claypool's gone. You know, they had a crowded wide receiver core. Um, now it's just Deontay Johnson. It's George Pickens. It's Pat Freermuth. You know, Kenny Pickett is still there. Um, and quarterback, you know, rookie year. How are you feeling about this offense with Claypool gone? And is there a guy or does anyone really benefit from him leaving? Um, in the short and long term, uh, I so I'll just say it right now: Pickens yeah. and Fryermuth to the moon. <laughs> I this is this does not help Deontay Johnson. It yeah, I don't not. think. I mean, he was already the number one guy, so like, I don't know if his team if things really increased for him, right? It's like he was already getting all the targets. Yeah, but I think this is this is uh, this is where Pickens is truly going to shine. This is where Fryermuth, who is obviously a rookie QB's number one like fallback, is going to yeah. be Fryermuth tight end nine coming into the bye week in week nine. Mm-hmm. I George Pickens is such a talented guy. I mean, the one catch he had a couple weeks ago was nothing shy of spectacular, very much OBJ-esque. Oh, yeah. I, I, I love it for these two guys. I don't think this helps Deontay Johnson anyway. I think this is a Pickens and Fryermuth bump. Yeah, I would agree with that assessment. Um, all right, and we got two wide re- or running backs moved that we'll end up uh, chatting about quickly. Um, you mentioned the Bradley Chubb deal. Um, with Miami and um, D- Denver. Um, but going back to Denver in that uh, deal was Chase Edmonds uh, running back, um, going to the Denver Broncos. And now they've got kind of a clusterfuck at the um, that position group now. How do you feel about Edmonds? And how do you feel about that group now with Melvin Gordon, Latavius Murray, um, Mike Boone's on IR for a couple weeks? Um, is there anyone you want to start? I mean, how does Edmonds look compared to how he's been in Miami to start the year? I want absolutely nothing to do with this situation. Yeah. Zero. This like this is New England Patriots 2.0. I I want nothing to do with this. Melvin Gordon. I, I don't know who the starter is. Like at this point in time, you put all these names on the roster. Latavius Murray looks great. Melvin Gordon has moments where he shines. Chase Edmonds has been decent too shitty in fucking Miami. I, fuck every single person that owns one of these backs. It this you're fucked. I don't yeah. what you say. You are fucked. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to argue with that. Um, I mean, I think Edmonds. Yeah, it's. I don't even know. I'm with you. I don't know how you can feel great about starting any of these guys you, unless there's another injury or you know a move if someone gets just re- outright released i don't know yeah, but it was interesting injuries never wish injuries i just yeah again you know but it was interesting they came out and again it's like that you know it's like that meme you keep using that word but i don't think you know what it means like they keep saying melvin gordon's the starter but he keeps like not having the amount of usage that latavius murray does you know we'll see how they utilize Edmonds. um they're on the bye this week so they can maybe incorporate him and in. it'll be interesting to see you know if things change at all or if it's just still a a hellhole 
to you know, have guys. Hellhole is the nice way of putting it. I'd rather be in a fucking hellhole than what this backfield is. Yeah, I'm with you. So, I mean, but he wasn't really doing anything in Miami, you know, the last couple of weeks. It seems like they quickly realized Raheem Mostert was maybe oh, yeah. a better guy to succeed. I mean, is it possible this is an upgrade still or, you know, barely? Or how do you view it kind of just changing scenes? Um, I mean, anytime you move on from a guy that is not producing because of a guy that is producing and put him on an offense with two other running backs that aren't producing, that kind of don't produce, yep. I, I don't fucking understand it. I don't. So let me ask you a question. Would yeah. you trade Melvin Gordon for Chase Edmonds straight up? The fact know. that you hesitated there fucking means it, it's an absolute dumpster fire. Yeah, I mean, I think you keep Melvin Gordon, but like... If you added a fourth to either side, I would take the fourth pick just Yeah, because. 100%. Yeah, so it, it's not great. Um, I think, I don't know if you feel good about any of these guys unless there's a change. Right. I own Melvin Gordon reason. in a different league. Yeah. Absolute shit show. I'm fucked. It's not great. No. All right, and the last deal, um, we saw San Francisco send Jeff Wilson Jr. to the Miami Dolphins. Um, the, the 49ers connection runs deep. Um, how are you feeling about him going to this uh, spot? All right. I mean, this makes me question what, what you value in Raheem Mostert. Yeah. And that and that and that's concerning. It's very concerning. Um, I don't like it at all. Again, if you're a Mostert owner, it sucks. I have Mostert. Yeah, I, you can't feel good. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Mostert, I mean, like, Mostert's one of those guys, he's – He's not someone that like you want to have touching the ball like more than 14 times a game. He's a very limited touch guy, and he's usually very explosive with his 14 to 16 touches he gets between running and and uh, receiving it. So, I mean, I think this is a team that Tua has definitely been phenomenal, but I think we're going to see kind of the Niners come out a bit more and them leaning a little bit more on the run. Or, you know, obviously, like, these talented wide receivers, you know, getting the ball, you know, quickly will continue. But I don't know. I don't think this necessarily changes anything for Raheem Mostert. I think he's still going to be a fine option. And, you know, we're just going to maybe see a little bit more the Dolphins as a whole leaning on the running game is my prediction. Okay. So my question for you right now is, do you have yeah. either of these player statistics pulled up in front of you? Um, I can. No, don't. I don't watch. You. I, I do. Well, I have Raheem Mostert's. Um, okay, so you, but you don't have Jess Wilson's. No. Okay, so where does Raheem Mostert sit PPR rankings overall? So right now he is per sleeper. Just have it pulled up. He's RB twenty seven in PPR. Okay. So and when I look at Jeff Wilson, real no, quick, oh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, no, I, not, I, I don't have it pulled up. So if you don't pull up Jeff Wilson, yeah, is Jeff Wilson ahead or behind Raheem Mostert in in the PPR rankings? I would assume behind. Okay. How far behind? Um, Ballpark it. I'll give know. you a five-point swing. Oh, like by points? So, you know, his ranking, PPR. So, Marine Most is PPR 27. Jack Wilson is PPR what? I would say 37. 31. Okay. It's a four-point adjustment between Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. Yeah, it'll be interesting because, I mean, obviously he got – or Wilson had a little bit of that stretch when Mitchell went down before they got McCaffrey, where he was featured a bit. And, yep. you know, since they got um, McCaffrey, obviously they just haven't really utilized him as much. So I don't know. Um, 
I'm still, I'm not super concerned with Mostert just because I don't think his role is ever being the bell cow. So having another guy, um, I don't know if that's a bad thing per se. I, I just, I hate split backfields. I mean, yeah. no, so, that's fair. Well, I mean, Mostert, I think... Jeff Wilson, most rushing yards. Um, Probably Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson by seven. Mostert yeah. 113, Jeff Wilson 120. Yeah, I believe that. Um, but I mean, yeah, split backfields aren't great, but I think, you know, outside of like a few running backs, like who isn't dealing with a split backfield? Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's both guys, I think, are, you know, flexish options depending on the matchup, um, bi week fill ins, you know, ideally. Um, so we'll see how things kind of continue in this offense going forward. Yeah, no, it's, I think it's very interesting. All right. Um, so that's, you know, a lot of trades we saw go down, and it'll be interesting to see kind of the impact that, you know, they have um, in just the NFL and also in our fantasy league. Um, any thoughts before we move on, Dan, um, to your fastest 90 seconds? No, I think I can. <clears throat> Let me finish my first drink. Mm-hmm. drink straws and drink two. Yep, I do drink a straw. Of course. This is actually technically drink three, second on the podcast, third overall in the night. I was up at 645. Let's go ahead and fucking go down it. Fuck you, Nick Ruth, for not being here. Um, this is your section, but I will be happy to fill in. All right, whenever you're ready, give us the quick 90-second recap of week eight in the league. All right, three, two, one. Fuck you, Zane. That like you just went off. It fucking you just went fucking off. Also, fuck you, Sam. Like uh, you shit down Stefan's throat. That's a 80, 77 point win. That's fucking a dumpster fire. Adam basically doubled up, almost doubled up Nick, which is great. Uh, Nick, you basically doubled up Steve outside of 1.2 points. Yep. Uh, Jerry, kudos to you for beating up on Chris. Nobody expected that. Oh, wait. Yes, we did. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, I'm going to pause here. I'm just going to do this. I'll take the rest of this time to talk about this Armand versus Kevin matchup. Before you you move on, shout out to Sam. That's the highest score in the league. Went back and looked into fantasy or my fantasy football league. He just barely passed you and I, Dan. We were both one and two um, in the first first year of the league. Um, We had like 229 and 227 points. So shout out to Sam for the highest score in the league. I mean, it helps. McCaffrey, 39. Kamara, 42. Fucking three beautiful passes from Jalen Hurts to fucking AJ Brown. Just <laughs> absolute dimes. Oh, yeah. With it, Travis Etienne, bell cow. Absolute oh, yeah. bell cow. Uh, oh, yeah. And Geno Smith has been nothing shy of spectacular, but you didn't start Justin Fields, so you could have fucking widened this out bigger. But um, no. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. Let's no, you're good. talk about your, your matchup. Yeah, no, fucking Armand, dude. Let's go. I mean, and you started Zach Moss with a fucking goose egg. Harrison Bryant is fucking fantasy irrelevant, Kevin. Uh, Devontae Adams, also fantasy irrelevant. <laughs> Just kidding. That's on you, fucking Derek Carr, you cocksucker. Um, Sammy Watkins, also on the other side, not great. But, I mean, this is – I love Tua. Tua has been great, 29 points, um, pretty spectacular. But Dak and Tua proved to be the difference over fucking Kevin. Kudos to you, Armand, for the biggest – Dumpster fire win of the week. Hell yeah. Love to see it. That's what I got. All right. I appreciate it. Very, very good job. You know, I give you a, a solid eight out of 10 after that. I'll, one. Hey, after two drinks and fucking stepping to the third one. 
and starting off with Christmas music and fuck the Phillies up seven nothing. Let's fucking go to this week. Life is great. All right, yeah, let's move up to this week. So this is the final week of out of conference games. Um, you know, last year when they added the the extra game, the seventeen game season, we added a fourth week to out of conference games. And one of the quirks with that is, you know, initially it was just three games, you know, because it worked perfectly with the schedule. You played um, teams that made the playoffs last year, both played each other, and teams that didn't make the playoffs played each other. Um, so that's a bit of a scheduling advantage if you, um, you know, didn't make the playoffs and are potentially competing the following year. Um, but with the extra fourth game, you know, just a refresher, um, we had to add one more game. So the first seeded um, that made the playoffs last year played the fourth seed. So the team that missed the playoffs, second seed played the fifth seed and third seed played the sixth seed um, in the out of conference games. So a little bit of an advantage, you know, depending on the, what those teams, you know, where they fall. Um, but anyways, yeah, last week of the out of conference game. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. And we'll jump right into it with kind of the um, lamer games, I guess. And the first one right off the bat is Nick Ruth taking on Steve. Um, I mean, do you wanna? Do you have any thoughts on this one, Dan? Or should we uh, no, we can just move on quickly. I, the fact that there's not a single starting quarterback on fucking Steve's team at this point in time, and Nick actually owns Trevor Lawrence. I think Nick's Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence could outscore fucking Steve's entire team. <laughs> that's that's one hundred percent where it is. It's a possibility. Yeah. Um, recap on last week, Dan. You and I both went four and two. Nick and and I went, or Nick just went five and one. Um, so that brings Ooh. the total standings to you and I tied it in first at 34 and 14. Nick is a game behind us at 33 and 15. And the first game, we're all taking Nick Ruth. Nick to the moon. Moving on to the next game. Uh, Dan, you are taking on our Mons team um, this week. Um, how are you feeling about it? My team is a fucking dumpster fire mm-hmm. of all things. I apologize for I apologize for nothing. Let's be there. Like, I just can't make your situation fuck me. Brees Hall fucked up. Um, Gallup doesn't know when to fucking play. Sharks on IR. I made a bad trade for a tight end. Um, I'm still going to take myself over. Fuck you still mind. have Josh Allen. And that's the whole reason I'm fucking taking me. Josh Allen is a fucking godsend. And then I, Scary Terry's a little bit concerning, but Tua's great. Kaseki at the connection. Fuck you, Taysom Hill. Um, you're starting PJ Walker because thank God I caught Dak on a fucking buy. Daniel Jones on a buy. Jacob Dobbins is out. Like Najee Harris on a buy. Oh my God, this is fucking great. Calvin really suspended. Courtney Sutton's on a buy. Oh, dude, please start to kill Harry. Just fucking make my week that much better. I'm taking <laughs> me. No, fuck it. I'm taking me. The kill Harry, worst first round draft pick ever. Yeah. Uh, Sam Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm taking you as well. I think. Unless your boy goes off and Taysom Hill gets some shenanigans, I think it's going to be you. And Nick has taken you as well, so it's clean sweep to start things off. Uh, that brings us to the next matchup, and that involves Sam taking on Chris. Um, can Chris make this close, Dan? No. No. Yeah. I, Chris doesn't have a quarterback. Oh, did I take Sam Ellinger. Sam Ellinger. Davis yeah. Mills. Yeah, okay, it's fucked. Uh, Pierce and Algier have been pretty decent mm-hmm. uh tanya and Knox. is he starting more tight ends than you at this point in time <laughs> you know he might be uh, but no there's there's nothing that is gonna 
I, Joe Burrow, Etienne, Kamara. I mean, there's too many. Hawkinson, yeah, takes a downturn. You've got Davis Mills back. Is A.J. Dillon alive? That was a really, really vicious hit that he took. Yeah, it wasn't great. Um, I, I hope because it's a good matchup against Detroit. They, yep. The defense is not good, so we might be able to see him get back on track. But no, I'm not sure the status of him for this week. Sam's going to decide between starting Geno Smith and his love child, Justin Fields. Um, yeah. It's, there, there's too much depth and opportunity on Sam's side. I will yeah. take Sam all day, every day. Yep. And again, going back to the schedule, we're seeing kind of the benefits here. Um, you'll notice the next three games, these are all games involving teams that made the playoffs last year. Sam gets to enjoy playing Chris's team, who he's been feisty of late, but he's definitely not quite in the, the Adam, the Kevin, the Stefan tier, at least Agreed. not this year. Yep. Um, so, all right. Um, don't really have a match for the week because I think all three of these games have a big kind of juicy to how the, the playoffs will play out for both sides, um, but particularly on the Avengers side with how close things are. So let's do the first one, and that'll be um, actually my you know my team. I'm taking on Adam this week. Um, Dan, cover whatever team you want. Um, how are you feeling about? So, so I'll start with Adam. Okay. I think that's the fun piece here. Obviously, Mahomes is coming back, yep. and he's got the Sunday night game against Tennessee. Tennessee's been playing a couple shitty teams over the last couple weeks, mm-hmm. and you don't feel good about that. Uh, we're starting Andy Dalton because Jameis Winston is not alive, and you have Taylor Hineke. It's yep, we're feeling good about the Monday night game against Baltimore. And yes, Baltimore just added Roquan Smith. Yep. But there's the one concerning piece to me on. Adam's roster is we're starting OJ Howard and I'm scrolling down because George Kittle and Dalton Schultz are on a bye. It's a little bit rough this week. Fucking brutal. Um, Kenyon Drake, Gus Edward, Gus the bus has um, small injury. Is he going to be good to go? Um, you get Jefferson and Diggs. Deontay Foreman's look good. You've got Eckler. There's some exciting things to be excited about on, Adam's roster. So I'll turn it over to you to walk through your roster about where you think you're good and where you think you're going to struggle. Yeah. So, I mean, I've got a lot of buys. Um, I mean, by week hell this week for sure. Um, just real quick rattling off. We got Russell Wilson, um, Zeke, um, Amari Cooper, Jerry Judy, George Pickens, David Njoku, Greg Dulcich, all in buys this week. Um, not the most ideal situation. Um, so my depth is definitely being tested. Um, you know, it's it, it's going to be rough, especially. I mean, I've got some guys that are questionable. You know, we'll see how Mar- Mark Andrews and Darren Waller, their situation plays out. Um, you know, James Conner, we'll see if he goes or not. If not, I got Eno Benjamin. Um, but, you know, this week, you know, with Russell Wilson on a bye, and even if Deshaun Watson wasn't suspended, he's on a bye this week. Um, I'm just, I just got one quarterback. And Kyle Murray going up against Seattle, whose defense has been pretty decent. Um, this year and kind of a large reason why they've been so successful. Um, you know, that's, it's just a real rough spot for me to be in. Um, I, I mean, I'm starting Allen Robinson. Um, I, it's, it's a rough situation. There, there's really no way to sugarcoat it. Um, you know, if I'm going to be optimistic about things, you know, T Higgins, you know, he had that long bomb that kind of saved his game last night against um, a Cincinnati team that just did not have it against Cleveland. We'll see if he can get on track. Um, Stevenson, we'll see if he can keep rolling. But, uh, I mean, it's an uphill battle. 
Um, if Andrews sits out, I have no chance. If he goes and he goes off, maybe, but I'm in a rough spot, I think. Yeah, I agree. So I'll, I'll just put it out there first. I'll take Adam. Yep, it's a clean sweep. Um, I'm taking Adam as well, and Nick took Adam um, to round things out for the three for three. Um, right. Did I get Nick's picks this week? Because I don't fucking know what Ruth picked. Yeah, Nick sent them in our group text. Uh, fuck, all right. Yeah. Good for me, reading text messages. Yay! All right, <laughs> and, and last two matchups. Last two matchups, and again, all playoff games here. Well, playoff teams from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Kevin taken on Zane's squad. Give us a rundown on whichever team you want to go through. I always take Kevin's team. Of course. Tom Brady's been a dumpster fire. (sighs) Yeah. I mean, mean, he hasn't been what he's normally been. Derrick Henry has been insane out of his mind. Michael Carter's in a good situation. Cooks, uh, Thursday night game against the best defense in the NFL. Don't like that. Devontae. Oh God, I hate Derek Carr. I own him in a league, yeah. and I'm top top six in that league. I fucking hate that. Like it's just fucking rough. But you have Travis Kelsey, Devin Singletary, interesting situation. Feeling okay. Zay Jones, great. Oh shit, we have a fucking Derek Carr stack because nobody knows because Ryan Tannehill sure is not playing. Gordon's on a bye. Oh shit, Barkley's on a bye. Um, Robert Woods can't be started. Mike Williams done. Uh, man, Will Disley maybe our best option. Maybe Hunter Henry for some. Of the, oh, this is it's not great for Kevin's roster. It really isn't. Kevin's roster has a lot of gaping holes right now. Yeah, it's definitely reeling a little bit. Um, and I, I mean, obviously he's done Saquon Barkley on the buy. Yeah. Um, but I mean, outside of that, I mean, we'll see if Tannehill plays or not. I mean, I think from Kevin's side it's i mean all four of his quarterbacks you know they're just he doesn't have one elite one so he's got four guys that are all kind of the same and you could really roll the dice um ahead of a game ahead of the week to pick which four to start and you'd be hard pressed to say that you should do the opposite of that just because they're so close but it'll always happen like one of them is going to go off on the bench or maybe in a starting lineup so kevin i mean i think you have to somehow get lucky and pick the right two quarterbacks. Um, I think if it was me, I would, I mean, Mariota is kind of just have on a little bit of a run. I might go with him over Derek Carr, but I mean, again, Carr has that potential. So I can't really with conviction say that you're doing it wrong, but that that's the one thing that sticks out for me, I think. Yep. Not wrong. All right. And then when we move over to Zane's squad, I mean, is, I mean, he had a little bit of a rough patch, but he's starting to get things rolling again. Um, when we look at buys, he's down um, really just Tony Pollard. Yeah. Um, and Pollard, you know, he had a huge last week um, game with Zeke out. You know, we'll see kind of his role going forward. But um, even without that, when you look at Zane, Zane's team, I mean, it's really strong. I mean, Lamar Jackson gets New Orleans Monday Night Football. Assuming Mark Andrews plays, you got to feel good about that. Aaron Rodgers, I mean, this Packers team, there is a lot of reasons to be concerned about them. But if there's any chance that they can turn things around, it's going to be Sunday against the Detroit Lions in that week um, defense. If they don't, I mean, just burn it because this season's completely over and I think it's going to get ugly. But I have a feeling Rodgers in this offense is going to get rolling. At running back, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, he's kind of been, dare I say it, like underwhelming this year. Is that fair? 
Yeah, I can go with that. Yep. So, but and a tough matchup against New England. Um, it, we'll see how that plays out. I mean, Sam Ellinger, I don't know how much he helps the running game. Um, maybe Jonathan Taylor can just do his freaky things and get going. Um, after that, you're probably looking at Miles Sanders and a good matchup against Houston. I mean, Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, awesome wide receivers. But the guy to talk about is DeAndre Hopkins. He's only played for two weeks. He missed the first six weeks, and he's still on pace for 1,400 yards this year. Um, Hopkins, his death was greatly, um, you know, his demise was greatly um, underestimated because he's been nothing short of a fantasy stud these first two weeks back. Um, We'll see if he can keep it rolling. Tough matchup against Seattle, but if Hopkins is as elite as he's shown the first two weeks, I mean, Zane's team, you know, I was a little unsure of it, but he's right back at like the top, top tier um, in this entire league, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying, like, even if Jonathan Taylor doesn't play, yeah. that's an upgrade to Khalil Herbert, which means that we're watching, oh, shit, he's got Dave Montgomery, he's got CEH, and he's got Gabriel Davis. Yeah. Those are three options that are on his bench in case one guy doesn't play. That's a big distinct advantage over what Kevin has right now with the buys. Oh, big time. I mean, saying you're seeing the depth right now. Yep. And Kevin, Kevin doesn't have awful depth, but Kevin's, you know, unfortunately he's got some injuries and some of his guys, I just, I don't know if they've lived up to the the hype. Um, whereas Zane's team is really hitting its stride and he's got a lot of options. Um, so with all that said, who are you taking this week? Zane. Again, three for three. We're all taking Zane this week. Which brings us to the last matchup of the week. And that involves Stefan taking on Jer this week. Uh, Dan, you have the honors. Who do you want to start with? All right. So I will take, I'll take my old man just for okay. family values and everything like that. So <laughs> okay. Is Zach Wilson a real QB? Is where I'll start. And that's, that's a big, big question mark right now. I mean, this is kind of, I think, what's, I mean, there's, there's some issues, obviously, that everyone's dealing with, but yep. with Jer's team and just like long term, because Jalen Hurts, you feel great about. But the Wilson Pickett thing, like that's, you know, you, you can't tell me you feel great right now if you have you those don't. guys. No, you and don't. And you're, you know, you're probably not loving it right now. Sorry. Continue. Oh, you can't. No, that, Fournette and Robinson, Robinson being like in the Jets offense week yeah. later. All right. Michael Carter, maybe not the thing. Waddle, great. Fantastic. Yeah. St. Brown, can you stay healthy? <laughs> Pitts. I just flipped the coin is on patience, my end for 50-50. Is patience going to finally be rewarded? He had a huge last week. Does it keep it, it rolling? Might be. Uh, DK's been less than ideal. Hertz has been nothing shy of spectacular. Obviously, Irv Smith out, but cue up Isaiah Pacheco. Um, maybe Michael Thomas, depending on the health. The biggest piece Renfro of me that's maybe. Renfro yeah. has been such a disappointment. Devontae yeah. Adams being in that offense has fucking killed him. I think Carr's killing him. For oh, Carr kills everybody. <laughs> Let's just start there. Carr yep. kills everybody. Yeah. But he has such the potential to be good, but it's not there. Um, Christian Watson probably out with a concussion. Yeah. Uh, Frimuth on a bye, which I think is a great option. Noah Brown has been relatively decent. Like it's, it's like I think Jerry's got a lot of holes that could be exposed this week. Kenny Pickett's on a bye. Um, again, I don't even know if it's entirely holes. I just think Jerry's got some brutal matchups. I mean, I, Zach you're not, you're not against, wrong. Yeah, against Buffalo, Lenny, Buffalo. against like the LA Rams. Yeah. You know, Waddle. I mean, 
the Bears team is not good, but like their secondary is like decent. Um, so I mean that's a little rough. Yeah. Like even yeah, I don't know. It, that that's just not ideal for some of those no, guys. Hundred percent. So I'll let you go over Stefan's team. Yeah. So when you look at Stefan's team, I mean, obviously a quarterback, we're gonna go with you know, Kirk Cousins taking on the Washington Commanders. And right now he's got Matthew Stafford going up against Tampa Bay. Um, both those, you know, Washington and Tampa, um, I think the defense is kind of like underachieved a little bit so far this year, um, at least like in the secondary. So uh, relatively okay matchups. Um, in the running back position, you know, Joe Mixon going up against Carolina, their defense is kind of solid. Josh Jacobs against Jacksonville, that should be a real strong play for him. Aaron Jones against Detroit, that is, might be the match for the week. Um, that's something to really watch and see if he can just go off because, you know, again, this offense needs to get on track, and I think it might have to flow through Aaron Jones to get realized. Um, wide receivers, though, it might be interesting to see who he actually has. Um, Cooper Cup, Keenan Allen, Cup, you know, I don't know his exact situation after having some um, ankle injuries in week eight, um, but hopefully he's good to go because I think the Tampa matchup could be good. Um, Keenan Allen, a very juicy matchup against Atlanta. Is he finally going to be healthy? We'll see. Um, after that, I mean, probably roll with Christian Kirk going up against the Raiders. You know, he's got DJ Moore in. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he can keep it rolling after you know, the last two weeks um, with the P.J. Walker team. Um, and then Zach Ertz at tight end. You know, Ertz has been pretty hold reliable. Um, so, you know, when you look at t- his players on buys, you know, Nick Chubb isn't going. Um, Debo Samuel's on a buy. I mean, the only other real options I think you see is maybe a Tyler Higby um, over, you know, a Zach Ertz. Um, but maybe you don't want to be that Rams heavy with how disappointing they've been. So I'm probably okay with going Zach Ertz. Um, but I think, you know, I, I don't know if there's anything you want to add with J- Stefan's team, but it's it just seems a little too strong for Jared this week. It's very strong. I'll take Stefan. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to go with Stefan as well. I think if there's any chance for Jared to maybe take sneak this one out, you need to see Zach Wilson have an above average game and just someone that isn't Jalen Waddle, St. Brown, or Kyle Pitts needs to go off. Or excuse or DK Metcalf. So you need like a Romeo Dobbs, James Robinson, a Leonard Fournette, like one of those guys. Just Hunter like, Renfro. Hunter Renfro, like whoever like that great. last guy is. You need someone just to surprise you and get you 15 plus points. Um, but it's an uphill battle for Jared this week. I'm taking Stefan as well. And so is Nick. And we are all lame. And we are going six for six with the same picks this week. Sometimes it happens. Yeah, that it do. But um, anything else um, before we wrap up this week's episode, Dan? How did, what are we at right now? 115. Oh, that's a good pod. 115. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, best of luck to the final week of out-of-conference games. Um, let's keep the trades rolling in honor of the NFL trade deadline. Um, but if not, have a great um, rest of your week and best of luck in week nine. Yes, sir. Peace.